0: Let's open up our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. We're in the book of Ephesians on a sermon series, and going verse by verse, we're learning all the different wonderful things that Paul has for us. And today, I think, is a great message for the mothers, because what mothers teach us is they teach us right from wrong. That's really what they do when it just comes down to it. They teach us the difference between wisdom and folly, and that is a a nice way of saying stupidity and being... Being smart And we don't want our kids to grow up, and we know Father's Day is coming up soon. We don't want our children to grow up not knowing the difference between right and wrong. We want them to know how to act in life. And so moms, let me just encourage you today to continue to pray for maybe wayward children because my mother prayed for me even when I was wayward. And then those of you who have extended family, now like grandchildren, you may not live in the house with them, continue to pray that God will cover them because your work is not done, and especially for the... Mothers, raising your children now, let us remember to teach them wisdom from folly. Now, as we go to Ephesians 4.17, we're going to read through the whole passage, and it's been our habit to do it, and if you haven't started reading the book of Ephesians, I would ask you to do that with us. It's your homework assignment every week. If you're new to the church or visiting with us, the book of Ephesians was written to a special group of people in the city of Ephesus. They had come to know the Lord through great trials and hardship, and they teach us how to live for Jesus. They set an example for us. If they can do it... We can do it. Ephesians 4, 17 says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Just to connect this to mothers, how many mothers have said to your children, I don't care what they do down the road. What we do in this house is my rules. right?" How many mothers have had to say that? It doesn't matter what they do over there. You know, sometimes you even got to make a sermon example for them. Like you're out at the restaurant and you got to be like kids. You see them crazy kids? You're never going to be like that, you know. I just did that the other day. We were with our kids. We were eating ice cream. And God forbid the mother decided to share one of her children's ice cream with another child. And that caused the child to freak out. And I looked at my children and I said, see, you will never be like that. You better be happy you have ice cream. I'll do musical chairs with this ice cream right now. You all better like it. Guess how we do it here. And that's exactly what Paul's saying. He's saying, we're not living like the Gentiles. In other words, we're not living like the non-Christians. And, and Joshua said it like this, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And, and what is their mindset? It's a futile mindset. It's a deceptive mindset. So don't think like them. In other words, verse 18, they are darkened in their own understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And they've lost all sensitivity, the Bible says, and they've given themselves over to all kinds of greed and impurity, and they indulge in these things. Verse 20, however, that's not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ. You were taught him in accordance with the truth that's in Jesus. And how many mothers can look at your children and say, you know better? Come on, how many parents can look at their children and say, you know better See, there are some kind of parents that when when they were called in to the to the principal's office with their children, there's some kind of parents that would come in and, and just automatically think, this this child of mine's an angel. You know, I, I'm upset, you know, coming in like that. That's not how my parents came in. My parents came in and said, did you spank him? Did you whoop him? All right, we're going to whoop him when he gets home. Because I, I went to a private school where they could spank me up until fourth grade. I got spanked. So did you whoop him yet? All right, we're going to whoop him when he gets home. Because you were top, Better tell them, tell them, tell them, tell this principal I told you better than this. Okay, I'm being honest with you, even in Bible college. Because I had a little bit of sass to me, my professors asked my because they were southern gentlemen professors, they literally asked my mom, Did you spank him enough? Because we wonder sometimes about this kid. Talking about me. And my mom said that old famous saying. She said if spanking would have made him an angel, he would be an angel by now. Because I spanked him all the time. And mothers and parents, we can understand this. We can get this. And as a church, we have to understand this. We've been taught better. Look at your neighbor and say, you've been taught better. You've been taught better to not give in to those things, not to give in to sensuality, impurity, greed, to have a hard heart, or to think like a sinner. You've been taught in the ways of Christ. And what were those ways? It's verse 22. You were taught with regard to your formal way of life to put off your old self. Somebody say, put off your old self. Amen. Amen. Which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on your new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And this is what I love so much about Nancy is Nancy helped all the children put on the new self for this morning. She took them shopping yesterday. How many mothers know what I'm talking about? You still on Mother's Day got to take them shopping, got to get them ready. And what was even just the blessing to me to see my wife do this is she ironed my clothes so I could come appropriate on Mother's Day. Is, are there any mothers here like that today? Come on, let's give it up for mothers who just work hard. Y'all work hard. You never take time off. But you know, here's the same thing. I know it's not Father's Day yet, but i got to put this in here in case anybody's saying like, well, you should do it for her. Listen, you don't want me to do it for her because then I ruin everything. Because on Father's Day, I don't say, honey, are you going to cut the grass now? You going to cut the grass? No, I still got to cut the grass on Father's Day. Come on. But what we need to have is an appreciation. I think that's really what we need to have. We need to have an appreciation for what mothers do and what parents do and in the church setting right here, we need to have an appreciation for what we teach here. And what we teach in the church is that you're not supposed to be like your old self. And just like how a mother makes sure the children come clean to school and then and they're not coming as their dirty self, we need to make sure as Christians that we remind each other not to live with your cursing self, not to live with your bad attitude self, not to live with a stinking thinking and a depressed mindset, but to have the mindset of God. See, you were created to be like God. And true righteousness and holiness. When you look at me compared to my dad, I have the facial features of my dad who's Polish, but I have more gray hair than my dad. Who do I take after in that way? I take after my mom who started graying in her 30s as I did as well. I take on parts of my mom's nature. And you see, the Bible says you are to take on the nature of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you were created like God to be in true righteousness and holiness. Thank you. Just like how we look like our mothers and fathers. Verse 25, here's now the application, and I'll just read through it quickly. Therefore, each one of you, put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. How many mothers have taught their children not to lie? Come on. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down when you're still angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. How many mothers taught their children not to be angry like that, to be violent? Verse 28, anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. How many mothers have taught their children not to steal but to work hard? Can I hear an amen? Come on, let's put this in application today on Mother's Day. Verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Is anybody here old school that got soap put in their mouth? Uh, Come on, am I the only crazy person here raising my hand? I come back from the day, I'm not too old, I'm only 41, but I had soap put in my mouth. Now, thank God she stopped doing it, but I actually had soap, a bar of soap rubbed in my mouth for having unwholesome talk. Now, if you didn't have a crazy mom like my my mom, or I should just say an old school mom, because we don't want to call her crazy, amen? It's Mother's Day, I love my mom. But the idea is how many of you are thankful your mom's taught you how to talk right? And mothers, how many of you know you've got to teach your children how to talk right? And look what it says. Don't grieve the Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How many know the Holy Spirit and the mom have a lot of things in common in the house? Because if the Holy Spirit's not happy, nobody's happy, right? You can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's sensitive. And it's the same thing with mom. If mom's not happy, ain't nobody happy. Mom represents the conscience in the family, doesn't she? See, I have a a way of just finding my fishing pole, getting in the car and being gone for multiple hours at a time. That's how I will settle my problems. Mom's got to settle her problems still with four children or five children all in the house. Moms have got to go through it with them. And so then if mom's not happy, everybody in the house knows they're not happy. Any moms like that here today? I mean, you're just open with your emotions. You just got to be real. Live out your truth. Come on, moms. Okay, well, that's like the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit watches over us everywhere we go, not just like our moms do in our house, but the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts, and we shouldn't grieve the Holy Spirit. Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. How many of your mothers taught you about those things? Don't be bitter, get better, don't be rageful and angry, don't fight with your brothers and sisters, don't brawl, don't slander, get rid of all the malice. And look at verse 32, isn't this a description of a great mom, kind and compassionate, forgiving just as in Christ, God forgave us. How many think that's a good mother? Do you see how the scriptures apply? I don't have to, to preach a separate Mother's Day message, which I think those are are special, but I want to just apply this today and Mother's Day, but for all of us in every day of our life. Let's keep going. Follow God's example dear, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God. How many would believe with me, even as a father, I am a father. I am like if there is the best level of father, I am the best level of father. But listen to me. How many would agree like me, there is no love, no Self sacrificing love like the love of a mother. I mean, how many would just say there is nothing like it? I mean, I know I love my kids, but I have a limit to my kids. Bedtime sometimes is 4 30 in the afternoon when they get on my nerves. I'm like, You're going to bed now. It's only 4 in the afternoon. I'm like, You shouldn't even be able to read the clock right now. Just go to bed. It's light out. So what? Daylight saving times or something. Just get in the bed. I'm going to shut all the shades. You're done. Seriously. And I know this is abuse in this day and age, but my friend was a country boy brought up by his dad on the farm. His dad would have him test the electric fence that was meant to shock the animals to to stay inside. He had to test it every day, he said. He said it was like torture. His dad would say, Test the fence, boy. And he would have to test it and, you know. And then he said, Time out for him is when his dad would knock him across the face and say, Take a time out, son. And that's how country folk raise. Now, I know that's child abuse now, and I don't support child abuse, but I'm just telling you that's how fathers deal with it, okay? My mother loved me when I was the worst, when I was a sinner, when I just did all types of crazy things. My mother still loved me. She loved me enough to tell me I was wrong. She would kick me out the house too. But, but you know, mothers have a sense of self sacrificing love that are different than fathers. And, and you could probably look at it in the natural. It probably has to do with how they've carried the child for so long. You know, I just felt Titus for the first time yesterday while we were in the car. Like Nancy literally takes my hand and she's like, feel it, feel him he's right here, he's right here, and I felt Titus, but they feel the child from like almost moment one, you know, they are united with that child, and it could be that, or just the way God made women, but we look to the Bible, and we say, that's Christ's example, they're showing us the example of Christ. Look at verse 3. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. How many know mothers want the best for you when it comes to your marriage, your sex life, to do it do it the right way, to have provision but not be greedy? Look at verse 4. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. thanksgiving. How many mothers have had to talk to their children about what they say at the table when they're with their friends. Y'all getting quiet on me now? Should I stop applying this to mothers? Are you bored with this? Do you understand how the Scripture speaks to us? This is amazing. It doesn't have to say, dear mothers do all these things. All you have to do is read it and I'll put mothers into place and the Scripture comes alive. It's like as if you're reading it for the first time. Let's be honest. Many of you have watched me read this, what, 15 times already? I've gone through it. We're almost done with this section. And right now, some of you as mothers are literally looking back at this going, man, I had no idea. Why? Because that's the Word of God. Think about how many times we've had to tell our children, don't be obscene, don't talk foolish, or don't coarse joke around with each other. Y'all too quiet right now. I'm so serious. I feel like I do this all the time with my kids. But that's part of the scriptures, and that's what mothers do. We are appreciative for mothers doing that. And you know what? Some of us grew up, and we had to learn to be hypocrites. And it's sad that we were hypocrites like that because we would talk one way around our friends and another way around our parents because we knew we didn't talk that way around our parents. And so we should live the kind of lives that we wouldn't be ashamed to have our mother in the room. Can I hear an amen, especially from the fellas? You shouldn't talk about ladies in such a way that you would be ashamed if someone talked about your mom or sister that way. Come on, somebody. But rather Thanksgiving. How many know mothers teach you to be thankful? I look at Amy Santiago. I know her children are thankful. Man, they learn how to make their houses out of straw, their toys, out of uh, all the things of the house. Man, like the craft mother. I have to give it up for the craft mother. I have, I, th- this is me doing crafts with my kids. No joke. I bought a hammer and some nails for Lucas, and I gave him a, pl- a piece of uh, 2 by 4 and I threw it in the backyard. And I'm like, play with that, son. I'm so serious and I look at what like Amy does with their children they build like these masterpieces they build like I said like fishing rods out of like straws and string like it's it's amazing because she's teaching them to be thankful Mothers teach you to be thankful, thankful for your clothes, thankful for things that you don't take, uh, you, you don't you don't think how how grateful you are because you don't know what others don't have in the world. And they teach you to be thankful for every little thing. You know, a lot of people don't know the story about my mom. She was a single mom for a few years before, between the marriages uh, and meeting my dad because I'm an only child from her new marriage. And as a single mom, she taught my, my siblings how to be thankful. And you know, I grew up a little bit more spoiled and they would tell me that all the time. But you have to know to be thankful. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. For this you can be sure, no immoral, impure or greedy person, such a person is as idolater has an in, any inheritance in the kingdom of God and of Christ. And so we need to know about judgment. How many moms here punish their children and teach them about judgment? Amen. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. And I want every mother to look up at me. How many of you have literally had to tell your children, do not hang out with these people? My mother could spot my bad friends a mile away, and if I would have listened to my mother's advice, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have the scars that I have on my body for breaking and entering to places, the arrest record that I have, and a mind that remembers the drugs and the abuses that I went through. If I would have just listened to my mother's advice on not being around those who are disobedient, we need to take our mother's advice serious. Amen? Let's look at verse 8 as we continue to find ways to apply this to our mothers. For you once were darkness, but now you're light. Live as children of the light. How many parents here today want your children to be children of the light? Isn't that everybody's desire to see your children experience the light of God? For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Was there ever a mother? Come on, let's be honest today. I'm talking about real mothers that care about their children. Was there ever a mother that said anything other for their children is my desire than this? I want you to be good. I want you to be right and I want you to know the truth. Isn't that the heart of every single good mother? I want you to be good. I want you to know what's right, and I want you to know the truth. Can I hear an amen? That's the heart of God's children. We get that as parents, not only just mothers, but as parents, we get that from Jesus have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Can I tell you a story about my mother? My mother knew I was on drugs and that I was doing things I shouldn't do, and I was lying to her face. But my mother prayed, and God told her to go check my room to find the evidence that I was breaking her rules. Do you think my mom just went in there and just opened up a drawer said, well, I don't find anything. No, my mom went into my pockets and then pulled out the lint the lint in my pocket and found tobacco and cigarettes and called me on it because my mom was going to expose the darkness in my life. As long as I was living in that house, my mom was saying, I'm going to help you see where you are headed. God literally told my mom to check the lint in my pockets and found that I was lying to her. You see, that's a good mom right there. Amen? That's a parent that cares enough about you to take time out. Let me just say this to all the young people here today. Be thankful for parents that do that. We have some young people in this church that didn't grow up with a mother that concerned herself or, or was in the same way that some of these Christian moms are, and, and parents, some, some young people here don't know their fathers. Listen to me. Be thankful that you have parents that care about you and love, love you, because I have to deal with the hurt and the damage of young adults who grow up without a mother that cares for them see sadly my friends parents the mom and the dad let me smoke weed and get drunk with them when I was in high school and I used to think they were so cool why can't my parents do this I come home my mom likes basically strip searches me and then you know looks for lint in my pockets and then here these other parents give me joints and, and let me get drunk at 15 16 but I'm saying be careful what you wish for Be thankful for the parents and especially the moms who go out of their way to love you. Can I hear an amen from some young people here today? Amen and have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. And I think we need the consciences of good moms again to call out what is shameful and just be like, that's shameful. Leave that alone. I know moms can be sensitive to those things. Verse 13, everything that is exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that's illuminated becomes a light. That's why it said, wake up, sleeper; rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. How many of you had mothers that woke you up every morning? How many still have the mother of the house waking you up every morning? (laughs) I don't know why I like embarrassing myself, but I do. My wife still has to wake me up, Calvin. Just pray for me, man. I'm not as good as you or others that can get up on your own. My mother in the house, which is not my birth mother, but the mother of the house, my mama of the house has to come in even on a day like today and say, you up? Are you up? And I'm like, yeah, I'm up. And sometimes she has to come back in and say, are you really up? You have to get up. And see, mamas wake us up. Mamas are part of the protocol of life. You don't want dad waking you up. Dad just comes in and just, you know, throws off the covers. Get up. And I just walk downstairs. I'll forget about you. My wife, she picks up the little ones. Like Even like Joy, I mean Zoe, like four years old. Oh, she just got up from a nap. I'm like, what are you doing with her? Let her walk, you know sometimes my kids fall asleep on the couch and she wants to nurture them. I'm just like, get up, come on, son, go. She's like almost falling down the stairs. I'm like, come on, why aren't you moving? My wife's like pregnant but trying to pick up my six-year-old son. I won't pick him, I'm carrying him upstairs. Going to love on him and just set him down. It's like, come on. But you see, God's like that. God wakes us up. God says rise and shine, amen? These are the attributes of God inside of a mother's heart. And, the, and, and as, as we read this, because this is our scripture for today, let's read it. Let's read it as we would hear our mother saying this to us. One, two, three. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. How many could hear your mother saying that today? How many godly mothers are saying that to their children? And if you're here today and you're new to the Christian faith as a mother, just repent for the times you haven't done it right and join with us in the Christian journey. But uh, let us understand, this is how we're supposed to raise our children. We're supposed to teach them, be careful. Be careful how you live because the days are evil. You can't be unwise in this world and get away with it, especially now, even more so now than ever before. Uh, just take, for example, one of my parents' family friends lost their daughter in a car accident. Uh, we don't know if she was texting or a distracted driver or what happened, but just died just like that. You know that wouldn't have happened a hundred years ago on a horse. You wouldn't have died with you and your three friends that quickly. But now you can. You can die like that. So teenagers, don't be unwise. Don't text while you drive. You got to be careful about things you do in life. And parents, we got to teach our children that. And not only just about those kinds of dangers the other kind of dangers that we've experienced in life and that we can pass on to the next generation. And that's why we need grandmothers too. That's why I love when I get around my, my parents with my kids, is because they get to learn from the wealth of 70 years of experience. And not only just for parents, but for all of us here, we as Christians should be this way to the world. We should be this way on our job when we see our friends making bad decisions. And a lot of you have friends that are like this. I was just talking to one of my friends, and he said, "Uh, yeah, my co-worker's having an affair. His wife doesn't even know about it. What should I do? How do I handle that? Many of you are in situations like that where people around you are doing things they shouldn't do. And what should you say to them? This scripture. You should say, Mike, you know, if that's his name, just for example, Mike, be careful how you live. Don't be unwise. Be wise. You better make the most of your time here because the days are evil. Don't be foolish. Know what the will of the Lord is. Then the Bible says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. But how many mothers are thankful for a little bit of wine. Maybe not a lot of bit of wine, but a little bit of wine. I see mothers reclining back with their little wine glass. Kids are in bed. Well, God gave that to you as a blessing, but just remember, you don't want to knock yourself, get drunk, you know, knocked out drunk uh, on the wine. Just sip the wine, amen? Enjoy the wine. Don't get drunk on the wine because then you're going to be a crazy mom, amen? And there is nothing more embarrassing than watching two moms get drunk at a family reunion or a family function and fight with each other, right? Let's not see that happen, okay? So don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. How many mothers sang songs to their children? How many children had your mother sing a song to you? Isn't that beautiful? There's the heart of God. Do you get that? The way a mother sings to a child is the way we are to sing to each other, Uh, I can tell the story now because it's more more known, but Brandon Holt's uh, wife, who at that time was his fiance, had a possibility of having cancer, and she had a test that was not a good test, and they had to run some more tests, and it was either going to be a benign thing, something that was like a cyst, or it was going to be like a full-on aggressive cancer. They couldn't tell. And so he's calling up his closest friends to pray for him. And while my wife and I prayed for him, I stopped in the conversation and said, Bro, can I sing this song to you? And the song that I sang to Brandon was, Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. I sang the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, to him. You want to know something that was even amazing that happened? As he's crying, he says, Brother... When we heard the news, I went to the piano and started singing, and the first song that came out of my mouth was, Great is Thy Faithfulness. When we sing to each other, we encourage each other with the things of God. We should do it at our kitchen table. We should do it in our homes. We should do it at church. We should remind each other in song of the good things of God. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. And mothers teach us that because they sing to us. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Well, there's our scripture on instructions on Christian living, and I hope that you could see that there's an application to mothers, and I didn't even have to stretch it. There was something so ap- applicable to our lives. And those who are tracking with us, we're uh, right now on uh, 13 and 14. I'm combining those together, and I think next week I'll go through 15 through 17. And if you're new with us, let me just share this with you here. We're going through the book of Ephesians according to sections, and we looked at the first four chapters as kind of the heavenly-minded section, and then now we're in the earthly good section. So if you want to keep coming to the church, read the book of Ephesians, because the next section I get into is instructions for the family and the job. And we're going to be talking about marriages, husbands and wives and children. That's in the next few weeks, so keep coming, and how to get along on your job, and then spiritual warfare. Everybody go, ooh. We're going to talk about how to whoop the devil, and then we'll end the book and decide what to do. After that, I have a couple ideas of what to do next. But everybody say folly versus wisdom. What would you choose today if you had a choice between folly versus wisdom? Wisdom, right? Everybody's going to choose wisdom. That's not a hard choice. I want to choose to be smart. I don't want to be a fool. And you know what Mr. T said. What did he say? I pity the fool. I don't want to be nobody's fool. I want to be wise. That's what the Bible teaches us, right? So it makes perfect sense to live according to the Scripture. But how many know it's easier said than done when it comes to your daily life? Because folly doesn't appear as a court jester with the silly little hat on as a joker. Uh, The devil doesn't look like a man with a pitchfork, you know, red-faced with the, the horns. Evil and folly appears as wisdom in our culture. The Bible actually calls it so-called wisdom, and actually some of these things can be quite tempting to us to accept the ways of the world. Uh, Let me just give you one real quick because I don't have a lot of time left over. Let me just give you one. You hear this a lot now from young adults. Why should we get married first and not live together first? We should live together first and then get married because how are we going to know if we get along? We should take this for a test. Take our level to another. Uh, take our relationship to another level. Have the test of living together, and if we pass it, then we should move, then we should get married. How many have heard that kind of wisdom before? See, in the world, that kind of makes sense, right? Why spend your life with someone you haven't lived with yet? You don't know how they're going to be. Now, does that work out? No, it doesn't. Actually, the rates of divorce for those who live together first is higher than those who waited to live together. Why is that? Because those who live together first generally have already lived together with other people and they've already learned how to be really intimate, share life together, and when things get tough to quit and move out because, hey, I ain't married to you. And they take that mentality into the marriage and so the piece of paper doesn't change their level of commitment. And their mind is, I can just break up with you as I've broken up with other people and go do it again somewhere else. And that's why I say, especially to the ladies, no ringy, no dingy. You tell them real quick. Unless you put a ring on it and we get married, you don't get none. You'll see how quick that dude wants to get married. Women tell me all the time, like, oh, man, he doesn't want to get married. He's telling me it's five years from now. Stop going under the sheets with him and tell him it, it takes this to do it, and you'll see how fast he gets down on one knee. I'm just being real with you. See, that's wisdom. Come on, somebody. Another thing that people say is wisdom is do for you first because you, nobody going to do for you unless you do for you. You know, you've got to put yourself first. Look, look to yourself. And the Bible actually teaches us the exact opposite. So those are some of the things that are examples of this world of folly, and they look good on the outside, but they're bad on the inside. Let me give you a bunch of other ones. Somebody say preach it. Let me go through these quickly. I know we got to go. We got mothers waiting on things, you know. Uh, You guys want to take care of mom today. I don't want mama mad at me today. Amen. So I'm going to try my best to summarize this, but really take note of these things. Here's what I think folly looks like. Well, number one, folly is not believing in God. The Bible says the fool says in his heart there is no God. Folly looks like disobeying God's commands, saying I'll do it another way. Folly looks like disobeying your parents those of you who are still living at home with your family. Folly looks like being a hypocrite. Does anybody really like hypocrisy? No, even hypocrites don't like that they act that way. You see, hypocrites are people who pretend they don't have the issues they're dealing with, where if you're honest, God can deal with you. Another way of looking at folly is those who reject godly authority in the church. You see, in the family, we have mothers and fathers. In the church, we have elders and deacons. So in the family, you're supposed to look up to somebody as you're growing up as a child to, to look up to mom and dad because they've been around longer than you. You can trust them. And the same thing is in the church. When you came into this church, you're supposed to be able to find people who have been doing this longer than you that you can look up to. It's folly to resist their, their part in your, the, the part that God has in their life. That doesn't mean that they're your pope or anything, but it just means you should listen to them and be instructed by them. Uh, Another kind of folly is to keep repeating the same mistake over and over again. How many like making the same mistake over and over again? Is anybody here? No. And look what the Bible says. You want to talk about keeping it real. Look at Proverbs 26, verse 11. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. So the person who thinks, I'm going to keep using the grace of God as an excuse to keep sinning, the Bible literally says you're acting like a dog that eats its vomit. You're not supposed to look at the grace of God as an excuse to keep doing folly. Put it back into our families. Just because the parent or my, my, my wife forgives our children for making a mistake doesn't mean the child should keep doing it and doing it. That's folly. And, and lastly, number seven, what does folly look like? It looks like rejecting the understanding of God's will for your life. Look at Proverbs 18.2, and I wish I could have this just on Facebook as my forever meme. Like, I want this like a forever meme. I just always want it as my cover picture, but then people will probably think I'm too sassy. Proverbs 18.2, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. How many know just people love telling you about their own opinions while you're trying to tell them the will of God? We have to make a differentiation between our opinion and what God said. Okay, here's an opinion. Shirt tucked in or shirt tucked out? That's an opinion. My wife made the call, tuck it in. So I'm tucking it in. That's an opinion. How about this? Look at pornography or only have eyes for my wife? Is that an opinion? No, that's just not something my wife says, hey, I don't want you looking at this, only looking at me. That's not her just opinion. That's the Word of God. And you go through the Bible, you see that God didn't give us uh, ten opinions or ten suggestions. He called them ten commandments. Come on, somebody. We need to be a church that doesn't live in the folly of going, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, I don't know if I can. No. If God said it, you can do it. You better believe that. If God gave you a command, you can do it. So what does wisdom look like? It looks like just the opposite looks like you believe in God you put your trust in him you put your faith in him how many know and this is this is sad that parents do this but how many know mom could poison the whole family every time she cooks because we trust mom right we trust her she could be poisoning us you hear about this i know it's a crazy world But how many know we trust mom every time she cooks or every time she cleans, that she's not putting anthrax on our clothes instead of a detergent? Like, mom, why am I all itchy? Why am I breaking out, mom? You know, she's going to upgrade now on me or something, you know? No. Why do we trust our moms? Because we have faith that they're going to do the right thing. Why do we trust God? Because God's going to always do the right thing for us. We are to have faith in him as children have faith in their parents. Look at what it says in Hebrews 11:6. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So I have patience for the agnostic, the atheist, the, the one who doesn't believe in God. But I don't let them get away with their worldview. Because oftentimes they say we're the only ones in faith and they're not. I saw another meme that said, you know, religious people study one book and non-religious people study all these other books. So I had like a, a person reading their holy book. And on the other side I had a person reading calculus and science. And it's like I wonder, have they ever heard of Harvard, Princeton, Yale? I teach you guys this all the time, right? I mean, what were Bible colleges 150 years ago? They were the place where everybody went, whether you were a doctor, a lawyer, In my house, by God's grace, we're going to have our children graduate high school around 13, 14, so that while they're still in my house, they'll get their bachelor's degree in biblical studies. And then after that, they can pursue whatever degree they want. Because as a foundation for healthy living, I want them to know the things of the Bible. And that was exactly, exactly the way degrees were made. Now they can go to Wright College and get away with taking a comparative religion class. And that's supposed to do it. No, no, no. They're going to learn about them being... A create creation and God's create. Uh, they're going to learn about God being creator and them they're, they're being creation because people go to college now to find themselves. Well, that's not why you're supposed to go to college to find yourself. You're supposed to go to God to find yourself and your purpose and then go to college to learn to fulfill it. It's a major difference and that's why you got people with degrees working at Starbucks because they don't know themselves. Know your God and know yourself. So here's here, here's the real thing. Everybody must have faith in something. The Christian is the one who states, my first foundation is God. The agnostic must start with their own foundation. And anything less than God, as I've taught you here before, leads to an infinite regress. Because if they say, I trust my mind, how do you know your mind's right? Well, because I test it by science. How do you know science is right? Because other people told me it's right. How do you know you and other people are not in a virtual reality? See, you go back into an infinite regress. You cannot prove everything. That's called the problem of induction. Induction. The smartest scientists believed it, right? So what do we say as Christians? Our foundation is the Word of God, and we believe it. How many believe God's Word today? How many believe you're supposed to obey God's commands? How many believe you're supposed to obey your parents' It says in Ephesians, so that it may go well with you and that you may live a long life and enjoy life. How many parents want their children to have a good life? So listen to them. Amen. Listen to your parents, young people. We are to live honestly and humbly, not as hypocrites. We're to be honest. If you sin, repent. Be honest with who you are because God opposes the proud. Be under the authority of the church. I have a lot of passages here you can go back under. But why should you trust me? Because I've I've uh, proven it to you. Well, that's one way. But what if you didn't know me? What if you just showed up here and this is your first day? How would you know to trust me? Because at some point, you've got to believe that God put a church in order that you weren't the only one and that you don't know everything. And so I have to learn to trust people just as you do. I go to Bible college. I have a professor. I don't know him, but i got to trust him, right? But then here's the thing. Over time, they should live up to the trust you've given them. So the way I like to look at it is this. Is I'm willing to trust anyone that doesn't give me a reason not to trust them. I'm willing to trust you until you give me a reason not to trust you. That's what love does, okay? And so in the church, do the same thing. Say, you know what? I may have been burned at that other church. They may have been about the money. They may have done X, Y, and Z, but you know what? I'm going to come here willing to trust this church until they give me a reason not to trust them. And you will see that those reasons not to trust you probably will not exist here, or if they do, you can work through them. Because we're not going to let major issues or sin go unchecked here. We as a leadership of elders and deacons want you to feel that you can trust a church and walk with them. Can I hear an amen to that? I just want to say that because I know a lot of times people just want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, Well, I only love God and I don't want anything to do with leadership. No, you're supposed to listen and obey. We all are. I have to. you got to learn from your mistakes and not continue in sin. How many want to learn? Amen? Learn. How many of you are still learning? You're growing up in your spiritual life. How many are still growing? I mean, I'm growing every day. I'm learning how to be who God called me to be. As I watch my children grow up, they're learning to be more like who God made them to be. I'm learning as a parent to be more of who God made me to be. And let's end with this. Understand the will of God for your life. I remember my mother leading me to the Lord at her kitchen table when I was 18 years old. So I had a special moment with my mom that a lot of people don't have. My mom prayed me in when I was living in sin, and it was actually at her kitchen table. I gave my heart to Jesus. And as I began to develop... In Christianity, I went to her with a lot of questions. And what was unique about my mom is that she was praying for me for so many years that she actually had promises of God in her journal that she was able to go back to and say, God told me this would happen, and I want to give it to you now as a a gift. And I still treasure those scriptures and those words in my heart today. And I've asked her that whenever she passes, if I could have those journals just as a gift. Like, that would be number one. More than jewelry, more than anything from my mother, I want her journal. That That's what I want. Well, when it came to my calling in Bible college and to make major decisions from that point on, the Bible says you have to leave and cleave to a wife and you're going to go off on your own. I had to learn to separate not from her advice or being a good son, but I had to learn to be a man, in other words, starting with Bible college and then eventually with marriage and all of these things. And I had to learn to follow her example to have a relationship with God. And what is the example that we all can look to in the Bible that Jesus taught us to understand the will of the Lord? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And here's how I see it. I see that my mother literally set that example for me because when I would knock on her door, she would open it when i would seek her out i could find her and when i would ask i would receive and i know some of you didn't have that kind of mom or didn't have that in your your relationship that's okay but i want to tell you that's how god wants us to be in our families and not only that way in our families he wants us to be that way in this culture that we walk around with a kind of relationship with our father that other people can imitate so when I go on a prayer walk, my wife expects me to come back home with answers about the will of God for our family. There's a devotional video that I may have our staff and, and leadership watch next month. It's a man who's a neuroscientist, or excuse me, he's a chemical engineer. He works with, uh, as a chemical engineer, he, he works with nanotechnology. He makes nanobots and nano chemicals that go into the body and do things. He said when he became a Christian, this became real to him, and it opened up his mind and his scientific work. I literally believe that God wants us all to have him as our number one advisor. And so mothers, I want to encourage you, be that for your children, and then teach them how to go to God on their own as they get older. And for those of you here today that don't feel you have anybody else in your life to do that, come to the church. Come up here to these altars and learn to seek God with some trusted people that they can tell you whether or not you heard from God or whether or not you're just over-emotional. Because there are sometimes we think we hear from God, but we're a little emotional, right? It's not necessarily God, it's just our feelings. How many are thankful God doesn't let you make those kinds of mistakes? I remember thinking one time in my emotions that this one woman was supposed to be my wife. I'm so thankful that wasn't my wife. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It was my emotions, man. I was feeling it. I wanted it. Come on. My 24 year old testosterone self wanted that. And God was like, No, you don't. And I'm like, Yes, I do. And He's like, No, you don't. And I'm like, Yes, I do. And He's like, You're going to find out the hard way then argued with her more than I ever argued with anybody else. She cheated on me, broke my heart. I mean, it was just miserable, miserable. And thank God, he now said, are you done with this? And I'm done. Set her free, Lord. I'm free. You know, I'm, I'm free from this. Set me free, whatever. And lo and behold, God sent me Nancy. But that's because I desired the will of God. Have I made mistakes? And I don't want anybody here thinking that, uh, well, I made a mistake in my marriage. Should I now divorce? No, no, no. That's, that's what you live with now. You all work through that, okay? But some of you may say to yourself, well, you know, I've made mistakes. How do I make it right? Well, you seek God in the process. And and if you do things that, that you regret, then you learn from them. But we learn to live in wisdom, not folly. Amen? Amen. I want to read to you what John Wesley said as the altar workers and band come. Thank you for being up here, Adam. Let's give it up for Adam. Every week he's up here. He does such an amazing job. Amen. Love you. Listen to what John Wesley said in closing. Do you know that John Wesley's mom was one of the greatest moms in church history? She raised all of these mighty men and women of God. She had a lot of stillbirths, a lot of things go wrong in her life, but she kept pressing on towards the prize. John Wesley said that when his mama wanted to do devotions, she couldn't get peace and quiet in the house. You know what she would do? She would take up her apron, put it over her head and pray, and she would teach her children, when you see me pray with that apron, don't you mess with me. That's how John Wesley was raised, and he became one of the most mightiest men of God in our history. John Wesley said it like this, do all the goods you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. How many moms would like to knit that on something? Come on. How many of you would like to put that over your kitchen? This is something that we can see in Mother's Day and in every day of our life that we are to do all the good we can. If you're going to do that, would you stand up and give it up for Jesus? Come on, let's put our hands together and say thank you, Jesus, for today. Our mothers, the Word, all that we're getting today. Come on, bless Him. Be thankful for three things today. Be thankful. Shout out hallelujah if you're thankful. Hallelujah, Jesus! We thank you for our mothers. We thank you for the Word. Thank you for your power, your, your life in us today. As we get ready to close, let's pray. Lord, we ask you to help us to live in wisdom and not folly. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, whether you're a mother or whether you're just a visitor or whoever you are today, it doesn't matter. Ask Jesus into your heart. If you've been coming all these years, it doesn't matter. Today could be your day. Say, Jesus, I want you come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. All the rest of us right now who are thankful for being saved, ask God to give you wisdom in all these different areas, whatever hit on your life today. Pray for wisdom in your family. Pray for wisdom on your job. Pray for wisdom in your community. As you're praying right now, think of some areas that you can affect the world and impact it in a powerful way. Where's folly? Bring the wisdom of God. Where is evil? Bring the goodness of God right now we pray for the goodness of god in our city the goodness of god in our homes the goodness of god on our jobs we choose wisdom over folly in jesus name and everybody said amen would you slap your neighbor a high five and say be wise be wise god bless you you are dismissed thanks for coming mothers have a great day we love you if you would like prayer come on up with your families Otherwise, we're going to worship with this mother. Come on, Rachel. Thank you, Jesus. Enjoy your day. If anyone needs prayer today, come on up.